Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural podcast episode from Adam's Mystery Playhouse, Colorado's only full-time mystery dinner theater. I'm your co-host, Nick Guida, and with me today is my partner in crime, Marn Wills-Quayar. How are you today, Marn? Doing great, Nick. Just great. Well, well, good. <laughs> since this, since this is the first episode, and uh, some of our listeners may be unfamiliar with Adam's uh, Mystery Playhouse, uh, we perform interactive comedy mysteries year-round here at the Playhouse, located in the heart of Denver, as well as uh, we travel to off-site venues, and we do the shows for the for the public uh, here. Uh, and we also do private events here, and then when we travel, we can do the same, public or private, it, you you decide. Um, Adams opened on Halloween in 2006, but the mysteries actually started long, long, long before that. Marn, why don't you tell us how the mysteries began? <laughs> uh, well, here's the long story. Um Many, many years ago, uh, in the early 80s, I was playing uh, flute in a church band, and the guy who ran the band said, we're starting an improv group, and I think you'd be really good in it because you're very funny, and I said, oh, thank you. So we got into this improv troupe, and then five of us stuck together. We had a troupe called Group Therapy, and we traveled for the Department of Defense overseas, did a lot of shows in Korea, Japan, Okinawa, Philippines, Guam, Iceland, Greenland, Germany, uh, the Mideast, uh, uh, the Mediterranean. It was just lots and lots of fun. And we started doing shows for corporations. Well, when I'd come back stateside, I was a talent agent booking these live acts uh, for corporate parties. And people would say, can you get us a murder mystery show? So I booked a couple of troops, and it did not go well. Uh, the actors were drunk. The customers wanted their money back. It was really kind of disappointing. So we thought, hey, we can do this. We've got, we're improvers. We can put this together. And it took a while to get the formula. I got to say, we tried this and that, and, and one thing led to another, and we, we got it together. Um, that was about in 1990. And uh, just like Nick said, we traveled all over hotel ballrooms. I think one of the weirdest gigs I ever did that I was thinking about earlier was in a carport in kind of a rundown neighborhood, frankly. And I remember we did, we were trying to do this mystery and there were like 10 people in the audience. And I just remember the barbecue uh, in the carport was just all rusted and it was just the weirdest thing, but uh, they had a ball and uh, it was one of those, one of those kind of gigs. Then, early on, I met my husband. His name is Carlos, and he became uh, another partner in crime. In 1992, Nick, that's, I think 92 is when you joined us because, no, that can't be right. Yeah, no, 90, 95 probably. And Nick came in, and oh my gosh, what a wonderful actor, writer, director, that's just been so fun to work with Nick. And we continued to do the hotel ballrooms. Soon on, we thought, oh my gosh, we need a home for this thing. And so we bought the mansion uh, in 2006. And, uh, you know, Nick, you were saying that the grand opening was Halloween, but that was kind of a soft opening because the city <laughs> wouldn't give us the um, go ahead, the certificate of occupancy until early December, I think it was December 5th. And I just remember it was this small dental office and they did their mystery in our big dining room. 
And the dentist walked over to me and he said, I need to speak with you. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And he said, you all are going to be very successful here. And I just went, yes. Now, Jim, you came along from what I am seeing here. I I hate to interrupt you, but we didn't, because I I jumped ahead of myself, we didn't introduce Jim. And now everybody's going, who the heck is Jim? And (laughs) why haven't we heard more about him? Uh, Jim, or James Young, as he prefers, is one of our actors. And that's who he is. But let's take it back to Marn. And Marn's uh, a question for Jim. Well, one of the questions I have for Jim, and I would like Jim to tell everyone how he came along into our troupe. Because I get asked all the time, how do you find the actors? How do they come to you? And they come from so many different arenas and some auditions, some just walk in the door, others are referred. But Jim has a very interesting story about how he came along with us. Jim, can you elaborate on that? Sure. Thank you. Hello. Um, So I started at Adams Mystery Playhouse in 2008. And how I got involved was my twin daughters were having a birthday party and we were looking for something unique, something different to do for their birthday. And my wife found Adam's Mystery Playhouse online and we thought, hey, that sounds like it would be a really great birthday party. So we booked their birthday party at Adam's Mystery Playhouse and we had this wonderful time and Adam's does this really great um, children's program or children's programs. And during the course of the girl's birthday party, um, I introduced myself to Marn and I said, hey, you know, I actually have some experience doing these type of performances because when I was younger, I had been in an improv troupe and I had done other murder mysteries for a different company um, in a different part of the Midwest. And so I said, you know, I have some experience. And unbeknownst to me, she turned around and kind of rolled her eyes at that a little bit because she hears that quite often. Um, But she invited me to come in and um, audition. And I did and started booking shows and uh, have been with the, the troupe ever since. I was thinking of a story that you you have to remember the story. Do you remember we were doing a show called Paranormal Murder? And uh, at a certain point in the show, you realized that your fly was open. But but more, more than that, the zipper was broken. There was like, and we're like <laughs> right. barely into the show and it's yep. broken. And it's like, it's, <laughs> that was a funny one. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Yeah. I actually remember I was made aware that my fly was open because people in the front row of the theater started laughing and, and pointing it out to me. That was a, that was a real highlight of my career to have, all of the audience members right up there up front see uh, maybe more of me than they were anticipating. There's absolutely nothing you could do about it at that point. That's right. (laughs) What I was going to say is what I remember most about the zipper incident was that uh, James was dressed in old English country tweed pants or something. So it seems like the pants were vintage (laughs) and they're, you know, so it doesn't, wasn't surprising that the zipper broke. But the funny thing is, why didn't, why didn't we check that earlier? 
uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it was something, I mean, when I, when I got in my costume on, right. I mean, I remember zipping it up. Right. Um, and then at, I don't even know what happened, but at some point, and I, I mean, I think that this is probably a good thing. I don't routinely check my fly during the day, right. It's not a, a normal habit for me. So when I first zipped it up, I thought, well, I'm good. And then the next thing I know, there were the audience members pointing out that no, not everything was good. And then though, what was even more interesting was because that was the costume for the whole show. And I was like, uh-oh, you know, made a show the next night. Then it turns out that the zipper, like, it was it was stuck. It wasn't broken, is the point. It worked fine the very next night. That's what was <laughs> yeah. even better. So the whole thing could have been avoided. <laughs> <laughs> could have been avoided, but it, but it wasn't. That Paranormal Murder, that was one of my favorite shows. I just love the lights would come all the way down, and then we would call to the spirit of Colonel Alan Faulkner, and then he would appear in a ball. Uh, we had a, we couldn't figure out, since we don't have a lot of special effects and it's all very organic, couldn't figure out how to make the ball light up. And then all of a sudden, I think it was you, Nick, that said, wait a minute, what about those Christmas tree things where you step on a switch and it turns your Christmas tree on. So that became the easy way to turn, uh, so to speak, to turn on Colonel Alan Faulkner. And uh, gosh, I, I love that show. That was a yeah. fun show. I enjoyed that one as, yeah, as that well. Is a, uh, that is a great, great show. What are some other favorites? Um, I've always loved um, our pirate show. Uh, and that always seems to be a really popular one, too, with the audience as well, because, right, I mean, it's just such a fun show and um, it really just really high energy, lots of really great jokes in it. Um, but I also really like that one because we get so many really great costumes from the audience. Uh, they just seem to really love to dress up for that show. That one and uh, Murder on a Harley. That's also, for me, just a really fun show. Uh, and so many people love dressing up for that one as well. And whenever we get sort of the the audience is kind of like with us, right? It's almost like they're part of the show by dressing up like that. To me, it just um, elevates the whole experience. Yeah. Now, the other dress up uh, that I was seeing the other night, James, one of our gals that used to help us in the box office uh, messaged me in the middle of the night. And on her message stream was a costume parade from 2016 of the speakeasy. And oh, my gosh. And the costume parade. So vibrant, so fun. And the cost people just having a ball. And that's another one where I, I like that show as well. Murder on us. Uh, or uh, murder at the speakeasy. And you know, it's funny how the ideas just germinate. Uh, we'll be sitting around and say, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this and that happened? Or what if we throw the... And the next thing you know, it turns into a show. Uh, this is kind of a little bit of a downer maybe, but we added <laughs> a character. I probably shouldn't talk about the termite. Should I, Nick? Should I not talk about the termite? Now people are going to go, you know, the, the millions of people that will be listening to this <laughs> will be going, what termite? Who's Jim? Is, is Jim the termite? <laughs> Why wasn't Jim introduced properly at the beginning? Um, no, it's just kind of funny how things, uh, I was going through some 
treatments on my face uh, <laughs> that required a medicine that would make my complexion, they thought, look kind of unsavory. And so Nick and I were like, well, what can we have? I'll be there anyway, but I can't really be on stage. So when we had, they came from below and this town is surrounded by giant termites. And uh, then I, then all of a sudden we just kind of said, well, wait a minute, what if I'm the termite? And we, by gosh, we found a termite costume online. And, and that was a height of my career to be the termite was. <laughs> the, first, the first, the first night that you came out as the, cause we had no idea, had absolutely no idea what to expect because um, we'd never done anything like that before. The ver- the first night in particular that you came out as the termite, I swear, was possibly the <laughs> funniest thing I, I ever saw, except, I don't know if you know this story, Jim, in the last run of the show that we, that we just completed, uh, we... Um, we were having uh, problems with finding a termite. <laughs> and so one of the caterers goes, oh, I'll do the termite. And Marn goes, oh, that would be great. That would just, you know, because all you do is, is uh, you know. So the, the caterer, the, if you've never been here, it's, it's, I hope it's not like too hard to envision, but we have this caterer's landings with these white folding doors and the termite would come in through those doors. And so we get to the very end of the show and, and I deliver the line that's, uh, you know, Alex actually has the cue, Alex Crawford, who the cue uh, that, that, that brought the termite on. So I say my line, he says his line and nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, just nothing. And so I go, yeah, my line was uh, the termites have been wiped out all except for one rogue termite headed north down Main Street. And then his his line was, but we're this is north of Main Street or whatever the line was. And I would say so I repeated it again. And he and then so Mark comes walking from the back of the room, like marching from the back of the room and pushes the doors open. <laughs> marches back to the back of the room and he, and the termite comes out and usually the person that would play the termite would come running out and scare people this was the slowest moving termite <laughs> it was like a term it was like a termite stalker coming out and we were all up on stage laughing so hard it oh, yeah. was it was quite it was quite the uh but the best part was marn Finally unleashing well, the termite because the termite had, he had closed the door. They would closed the doors too tight or something, and he couldn't yeah, get the well, door. See, those doors, <laughs> those catering doors, if they're pushed all the way out, they lock, and you can't open them from the inside. You can only open them. And I I don't know if you remember Nick, but I was running sound that night because our sound guy was ill. Yeah. So I'm in the back and I do the sound mm-hmm. cue, and you guys do the line, and I'm like, where the heck is the termite? And then I look at the doors. I'm like, oh no, they're locked. <laughs> so, so then I have to turn the sound cue off, walk over there, uh, <laughs> pop the door open, termite comes out. And you know what is amazing to me? Everybody just has a ball. I mean, here's all these things getting screwed up, and uh, the audience still loved it. 
when it's a genuine, that's part of what people like about coming here. When it's a genuine mistake, just we're not trying. To, we're not trying to be funny here. That actually just happened. They love it. But I've also I've said for years they know the difference. If we try to like force a fake mistake or something, it uh, well they act, it, it, interestingly enough the last performance uh, that uh, of uh, that came from below was the beginning of March, and there was a kid, I don't know, seventeen, eighteen, whatever, in the audience, and he. Um, there was a room key, and on the room key, he reads the whole room key, and at the bottom of it, as like old-time uh, old motel keys would say, it says something to the effect of, if lost, uh, drop in a mailbox, we guarantee postage. And he, re- he literally reads the entire thing verbatim, perfectly, until he gets to the part, and he goes... If uh, if found, drop in a post office, and instead of saying the word "we," he goes "w e guarantee." <laughs> but and, he, and, be, and it was it was a, it was the funniest thing ever. It went on all night. But what, what was to me what was more interesting was I had friends in the audience that night. I had quite a few friends in the audience, and one of the guys thought he was talking to talk. It was the first time he'd ever been here. Had was here with his son and thought that we planted people in the audience he goes did that really happen and i was like yes that really happened it would have been funny if if we planted that there's no way you could have pulled it off true that's that's the fun about interactive theater and the organic it just and you're uh, yeah it's very difficult to replicate that well i'm looking at our time here (laughs) and it's gotten we've gotten carried away so now let's move on to our uh, a segment we're going to feature on every podcast. Uh, it's a uh, mini mystery, and we'll be uh, featuring one on every episode. Uh, and uh, as with all of our mysteries, you, the audience, get to solve the crime. So here's, the th- here's our thought, is at any point uh, after the mystery has been read, you can log into our Facebook page which is facebook.com backslash Adam's Mystery Playhouse and state your solution. You can also get to uh, our Facebook page via our website, which is adamsmysteryplayhouse.com. So, um, you know, when people log in and post, we can see when people do it. So the first person to correctly, uh, well, I'm, let me back up. We'll announce the solution on our next episode, and along with that, the person who who uh, solved came up with the correct solution first will announce their name, and they will win a free ticket to a future show here at Adam's Mystery Playhouse. So, um, uh, so we're going to get started here. So, the mystery we're going to read today is called a crack shot. And Marn is going to be the narrator. James is playing Butler. And I'm playing Fordney. So here we go. The mystery of the day. A crack shot. Professor Fordney was hunting in the Rockies when informed of a tragedy at one of the camps. Thinking he might be of some help, 
He went over, and after introducing himself, Butler, the victim's companion, told him of the accident. When Marshall had returned to camp at 9 o'clock last night, I was a bit worried because he didn't know these mountains. There wasn't a star out, and it was dark and moonless, so I decided to look around for him. We're five miles from anyone, you know. I put more wood on the fire, and I set out. And after searching for an hour, uh, I was coming up the slope of a ravine when I saw a pair of eyes shining out at me in the dark. Calling twice, and I didn't get an answer, I fired, thinking it was a mountain lion. So imagine my horror when I reached the spot and I struck a match and saw that I had nearly blown the head off Marshall. It was terrible. I carried his body back to camp uh, and then walked to the nearest house to report what happened. How far from the camp did you find Marshall? About a quarter of a mile. You see that your right hand is bandaged. How did uh, you manage to shoot with it? Oh, I use either hand. You see, do you mind if I look at your gun? Oh, not at all. Here you go. European make. How long have you had it? Oh, it's rather new. Why did you deliberately murder Marshall? For that's what you did. Uh, All right, everyone. So don't forget to log into our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Adam's Mystery Playhouse and state your solution to the mystery of the day, a crack shot. How did Fordney know that Butler was lying and that Butler indeed killed Marshall? As I said before, we'll announce the solution at the start of our next podcast and the first person to solve the crime will receive a free ticket to a future show. And uh, also check our Facebook page or our website for uh, future the times and dates of our future broadcasts. And with that, I think we'll call it a close to today's show. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope to see you next time here at Adam's Mystery Playhouse. Thanks a lot, guys. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. 